Hello and welcome to episode three of the Black Country Ramble. It has been a few weeks. Um, we are hopefully refreshed after an international break. Uh, we weren't on international duty, were we, JB? Absolutely not. No, no. Big, <laughs> big couple of weeks off for us doing nothing. Yeah. I can barely remember the fixtures, but we're going to look back on them and look to what's coming. If you're new here, what we do at the Black Country Ramble um, is we review... West Brom and Wolves games. Uh, we have our resident Wolves fan on the line with me. I am JB, a uh, big Wolves fan, been for a long time. Uh, previously long suffering, as I always say, but loving life right now. Though actually, the last couple of weeks has come at a welcome time because our last game was appalling, but we'll get on to that in just a while. Yep, and I am our resident Albion fan, and I've probably not been happy since the night we got promoted. So there you go. No, no. When we signed Diangana, it was pretty good. Anyway, um, so we are going to get straight into it. We haven't reviewed games from the week before the international break, and we haven't reviewed the games that were immediately preceding the international break. Um, I am going to say, the less we say about that Fulham game, the better. Don't really want to talk about it. Um, mm-hmm. And also, as an Albion fan, I don't want to talk about how well Wolves played against Crystal Palace. So, <laughs> so we're just gonna just gonna go Probably straight over that, that. It, to be, to yeah. Be yeah, yeah. I'd rather talk about the yeah. penalty I, Nori gave away than the world he scored. So let's move yeah. on. To, no, no, I'm serious. No, yeah, um, we I normally know. do a combined eleven, um, listeners, as you'll know. Uh, but I conceded to Jack in a text that off the back of that Fulham game. It, yeah. Nobody, it, it, get, nobody got no, in it, it, for Albion. It was, straight, it was a straight Wolves eleven. I mean, Al, Albion never really got going. They, they, they were poor pretty much from start to finish. Made Fulham look a lot better than I think what they actually are. Um, in contrast, we touched on the podcast a few days before, and I spoke about Wolves going after sort of a flying start, trying to get those girls goals in early doors, and we did we did just that. I thought we were excellent. Um, I think I texted you, Keith, didn't I, at some point, and I said I think. The best way to sum it up was sort of like a controlled demolition. Uh, we yeah. looked very, very good. We we did the things that I we'd been crying out for in previous weeks. I still think we could have gone to another gear. To be honest with you, I think Tiernal flattered Palace, um, but ultimately it was it was it was it was three points. We played much better than what we had done, and, and it was really pleasing. And yeah. then obviously we move forward seven days, nine days, yes. should I say. It was a bit of a case of sublime to the ridiculous for Wolves. Oh, and I wouldn't say ridiculous to the sublime for Albion, but we were much, much improved against a much, much yep. better opponent, um, which has been a bit of a theme this season. We didn't turn yep. up against Southampton. We didn't really turn up against Burnley when we were okay in that game. Um, and we haven't turned up against um, Fulham. Yet games yep. against Everton, the, I mean, we lost 5-2, but Everton was one of yeah. our best performances of the season. We were excellent first half until the red card. Uh, we played very, very well against Chelsea. Everyone knows what happened there. Um, so it's a bit of a theme now with the Spurs game that Albion are sort of outperforming themselves in the tough games and just getting a bit of stage fright for the, for not, the games. Not doing, not doing the... Not, not, again, it's sort of without harping on, it goes back to... A point I made on the first podcast. I think it was the first podcast actually, and I said it's the, about the naturally as promoted teams that come up. It, it, I'd love to get a stat about promoted teams and, and their sort of points total or tally against the better sides because there's naturally that thing where the, where promoted teams come up 
and they play better yeah. against the better yeah. teams and they're, they're putting a show almost. And, and some, I mean, I remember Wolves back in 20, when I worked for Wolves, it was back in 2010, 2011, it was, it was 2010, 2011 season when we survived by the skin of our, our teeth. Um, that season, we were unbelievable. The only reason we stayed up that season was because we beat teams like City, Chelsea, United. Um, it, it was ridiculous. And, and that's what Albion is so far showing they're doing. Their better performances have come against yeah. Chelsea, Everton. Spurs. Spurs ultimately, yeah. I, think, I think the Spurs, and, and ultimately, well, what I believe is going to keep you up is if you pick up the points in the games that you need to, mm-hmm. um, which again is what I said. But for the Spurs game, for me, that's sort of going too much into it. I thought the first 65 minutes, you were very, very good. By far the better side looked. Look, well, you were the better side. There's no, I can't, there's no point me sort of trying to dress it up in any other way. You were the better side. And I think whether or not it was that game management, that nous. That, that let you down, whether you ran out of steam, I'm not quite sure. Yeah, but something um, happened in that last 20, 25 minutes. Yeah, um, I would even say it was more like last 10, 15 minutes. Maybe, like we, yeah, yeah, possibly. I, I thought, I thought it really was a case, and it, it same thing happened at Chelsea. Obviously, that Chelsea got back into the game late on. Um, this, this is a very, very, very fragile side. This is a side who were didn't lose the first 21 games of last season. And they were flying. And the form was amazing. The football was scintillating. Um, and then came a little hiccup. And then all of a sudden, we'd gone seven wins without a game. And it took the January transfer window to correct things, sort of. Um, and we got Callum Robinson and Grisicki in. And, you know, things took a turn for the better. Uh, then Dean Garner came back to fitness, things like that. Um, but then the lockdown came. And we were flying we were miles ahead i think we had a 10 point gap or something yeah yeah. um and then you know no fans all of a sudden and oh we've got a job to finish was it going to be null and void was it going to continue whatever and we didn't win that first game against blues and it was like oh yeah we couldn't mess this up could we and brentford started winning and brentford won again and again and again and that night that night crazy. at Huddersfield, yeah, the night we yeah. lost to Huddersfield 2-1, it was like yeah. staring into the abyss. It was like, what, what have we done? What, well, how have we yeah, lost yeah. this? And we, we basically got given a, a lifeline, Andrew on the last day, and, and got up through the skin of our, by the skin of our teeth, rather. And yeah. this side is so, so fragile in the big moments quite often last season not so much the first half of the season they actually reacted very well under pressure first half of last season but mm. they've almost got on this downward trend and it's like they've almost got PTSD from the bad moments of last season and any time a question is asked this season they they just sort of they, they the questions this up. season and the questions this season are a hell of a lot bigger than what they were last season as well and that's the thing obviously naturally the squad has improved You've improved. We 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 reviewed the transfer well, market. Yeah, um, yeah, back in was it episode one? I think. Yeah, it was. Episode yeah. two. I can't remember. Um, so it has improved, but the questions that get asked in the in the Premier League, as you and I'm, I'm I mean I'm not teaching to suck mm-hmm. eggs, you, you know, but like you know they are much much bigger, and and it, there's got to be almost like you almost need a game where you're two one up and your back's against the walls for and, like we, and we see it out and you, you see yeah, it out or, or you're two nil down and absolutely being crushed and then you then and then and then you, you pull it out of the bag and then you, you grab a draw from out of nowhere you just get that you, you you need that moment of magic that, yeah. that, 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 that we need a catalyst bag. for the season um, don't we yeah. that's it and wolves have had that 
in the last two seasons, Wolves had that twice. In the first season, we went up under Nuno. We had an average start, not too bad. And then we went, I think it was six or seven without a win in the build-up to Christmas and New Year. We were getting hammered in the papers by Wolves fans on Twitter. Everyone was laughing at us. And then we played Chelsea at home under the lights at Molyneux. And we went 1-0 down. We won down at half-time. Ryan Bennett made one of the best tackles I've ever seen on... Was it Ramirez? Not Ramirez. It was on the... Willian. Willian mm. was one-on-one on the way through. Ryan Bennett somehow caught him up because Willian's nippy. Rapid, and an unbelievable yeah. tackle. And then Jota Jimenez scored. We won 2-1. And then we catapulted and got into yeah, Europe. I remember that, yeah. Last, yeah, last season, very similar. Rubbish start. Didn't win our first five, six games. Everybody was on the... Oh, they're doing the new Bernie. Got in Europe. They can't cope. Blah, 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 blah. Lo and behold, we played Palace away. We were shite, battered, and then Jota scored a, a 93rd minute equaliser. Totally un, undeserved. But that just started us off. Yeah. And, and we've had two of those moments. In, but different thing. We were obviously in better position yeah, than we yeah, yeah. are now. But those catalyst moments allowed us to kick on and build our season. And Albion need one of those moments to, to, to reignite their season as such. Yeah, absolutely. We, we almost... You, you know, when you're coming up, you're starting at a disadvantage. But we we overachieved getting promoted anyway. And the manner in which we got promoted was so, you know, touch and go that I feel yeah, like yeah. we've started 10 steps back from where a promoted team should be starting. And we've yeah, had a yeah, small sure. budget and it's COVID. And like, there's all these things. And I couldn't agree more. We need that catalyst to just put that behind us. We need we need yeah. something to, you know, we need a... a a life raft to grab onto sort of thing. We just need something to get us going. And it could come this weekend. You know, you never know when something like that's coming. Like you said, Wolves beat Chelsea a couple of years yeah. ago. You know, uh-huh. Albion are 10 to 1 to beat United. And I'm telling you now, that is generous. Like that, we are better than 10 to 1 at United. Doesn't mean we'll yeah, win, yeah. but we would win that game more than 1 in 10. That, of that I'm certain. Of that I'm certain. Uh-huh. Anyway. Anyway, we are rambling on about our shortcomings um, on the back of a very good performance, to be honest. I thought we played really, really, really well against Spurs. And there's a lot more to be happy about than there is to be um, sad about, really, with that Spurs performance. Um, But just I want to get your thoughts on the Leicester game for Wolves, JB. Um, It so one I, of the things was, you, yeah. I was livid, mate. I was yeah. livid. And, in, and in a way, I, st- I still am a little bit, to be honest. Um, it, <laughs> even it, even it, with it, an international it, break to call Even with an international break, because it's one of those games where, listen, right, let, let, let's put the facts out there. Let's do a good side. They're going to be up there at the end of the season. They'll be, they'll be challenging top four, top six, top seven. They're, they're a good, good side. Great manager, etc., etc. No denying that. Yeah. But, then, but they are not in a different stratosphere to Wolves. No, they're, they're, the, next, they're the next step for Wolves. They're, they're if they're Wolves want to progress, abs- yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. That's we've got to... I, the way, even though I, I back our recruitment uh, as much as I can, I look at Leicester's recruitment, I think they recruit very, very well, Leicester do. Mm-hmm. Um, no, they won the title off. Exactly. Yeah. But I looked at that game on Sunday and I looked... And he put... The, as far as I was away, he put the right team out. He started the same team as Palace. Um... But we basically came in, and I stand by this. It's going to sound a bit ruthless. We went out there to stifle and play horrid football for 45 minutes, attempt to get in at nil-nil, right, and then probably bring Troy on 15 minutes into the second half, 
go at it, maybe go and nick a 1-0 win or see out a draw. Yeah. And, those are, and that, that was obvious from the outset. The mm-hmm. penalty absolutely killed us. Absolutely. We did not plan for that, kid, And that's what was yeah. frustrating for me. That's what made me angry because Patricio saved the second penalty. We're not, we don't get to get into the, the debate about the first. Me and you had that conversation on the day. Yeah. The, the, you know, the penalty rules are as they are. And until the yeah. handball rule is cleared up properly, we will be having these debates until the cars come out. Yeah, I mean, but, I, can, I can see why it's given. You can't really see why it's given. And I think absolutely. that's the problem. How can a handball... That, it, be you know, they're trying to, yeah, they're trying to make divisive. it more black and white and in, they're just blowing the lines really absolutely with the, yeah but 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 that aside Kieran it doesn't really matter because let's be honest Patricio dug us out of another hole when he saved the second penalty yeah you know which which was a blatant penalty um but either way Kieran we just looked devoid of we looked like a team that had gone down to 10 or 9 men and we were just basically, da- you know, damaged, you know, sort of like, you know, just shut up shop and, and survive as much as we can. We had yeah, nothing for going sure. forward. I looked at our bench and again, I love Nuno, but the one thing that he doesn't do, he doesn't make subs early enough. He doesn't mix it up enough. And that second half, we should have gone up there for 45 minutes. We had nothing to lose. And the only shot, and unless my imagination, sorry, my memory... I forgot, I can't think. It was the Neves shot where Simarco made a fantastic yeah, save. Yeah, great, great stop that but, was, but, 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 like, apart from that, even my, right, my gaffer, my head teacher at school, is a Middlesbrough fan. We have a lot of banter. We talk all the time about football. But he very rarely sort of texts me sort of serious messages about Wolves or Borough. It's usually just, like, banter and having the crack. And he messaged me about, was it a half-time? And after double-time, he messaged me during the game. He, he said on the lines of, jeez. This is poor. This is not what I was expecting. Because yeah. he hasn't watched Wolves for what. When I, when I worked with him directly, because I work at a different school team now, we used to watch each other's games quite a lot. It's a bit like what we're doing now. And obviously he was used to watching the kind of the fast-flowing, forward-moving football <laughs> jot, you know. Yeah. And he watched us on Sunday and he was like, I cannot believe. It was like, what's happened to you? Like, what is all that about? And like I said, I'm not dismissing. I'm not saying we should have battered them. We're better than Leicester. Leicester are a good side probably a better side than us. I'm not disputing that. But the, the way we pandered and we just gave up and we had nothing, it, I was infuriated, mate, honestly. And on Twitter afterwards, yeah. mate, I'm not... There were people questioning Nuno, not calling through his head, nothing like that. But there were people questioning properly for the first time. And it was hard to disagree with what people were saying. And a lot of people saying, you know, Nuno got hounded out of Porto and Valencia for this style of football after about three years. I'm not saying for one moment we're at that stage at Wolves. There's no one better for the club. He's pivotal. He's the ketchup to our chips, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> but there is a little bit of, um, help me out with the word, there's a little bit of a pattern here mm-hmm. where in his previous big jobs, Porto, Valencia, yeah. He, he, he got hounded out because of the way for football, the style of football that he was playing. And I just hope that the players that we've got and the demands of the Premier League and the way that we need to do things, because the standard of football that we're coming up against in this league is far better than I believe than what he was up against in the Portuguese league and the Spanish league. Um, and he's got to be better and he's got to mix it up and he's got to have plan B's and plan C's. Because at the moment, so when our plan A goes out the window, which is what he did on two weeks ago on Sunday against Leicester, we don't seem to have a plan B and that's really disappointing and, and that's all I've really got to say on it, mate, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I I mean, I've seen this firsthand. Again, I joke, he's the Portuguese Pulis, all this, but um, yeah, yeah. the way the way that a, a playing style 
can sort yeah. of eat away at the, the the good vibes around the club. Um, it, it's it's tangible at times. Like you can mm-hmm. really really feel the life get sucked out of a club. Now my two cents on Nuno his playing style. Um, you know all that sort of stuff is it doesn't really get better for a size for a club of wolf size like i, I don't no, think mate, i don't I think agree. wolves fans are under any illusions i think no, 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 no. if you're going to get a manager who is champions league quality at your club you're going to have to compromise now and again and when wolves are are flying wolves are flying they are so good to watch um, yeah, yeah absolutely but that's not nuno nuno doesn't do that every week um no, no. but that that tactic I'd, of setting up for a draw, I'd, 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 and if you don't I'd like get to it... See us, I'd, I'd like to see us move away from the feet in the back. To be honest, Kieran, have a bit of adaptability. We've seen the biggest argument for Wolves fans about the feet in the back is Cody's pivotal to our team, the way that we play, and he can't play in a four. And that was proven incorrect when he played in a back four with Mings for England, with 10 men, and he was outstanding. And so we, he can play in a black four, especially against somebody that again, playing alongside the quality of somebody like Cody. Yeah, he could probably play ready, midfield. Uh, sorry, Connor sorry, Cody. Again, yeah, against uh, playing alongside Bolly. Sorry, yeah. Um, you've got you've got two out and out fullbacks. You've mm-hmm. got Samedo on the right. You've got Ait Nori on the left slash Johnny to come back. By the way, I think Johnny's first choice left back out and out. He's unbelievable. Johnny's so underrated. We miss him so much. I don't see why we can't have a bit of adaptability and do like a 4-2-3-1 or a 4, you know, a 4-2-1-3 four, three, three, three. or whatever. You know, and ju- yeah. just move away from that sort of back three will always be Nuno's preference. I get that, but let's have the adaptability. Let's have a plan B. Actually, you know what? If we need to move into yeah. Leicester, it would have been a great game. You one nil down at half-time. We've been battered. We've had nothing going for. We look devoid of ideas. Get that back four in. Let never bring Moutinho. Let Neves and Moutinho sit. Then have your front five going on. You know, mm. and it's just you know front four should I say? Sorry, front four. But, I was going to say yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, front four. So you know, let them do their thing. You know, we let Neves and Moutinho sit. You've got a solid back four. Bring on Traore. Then you have Traore, Neto, Jimenez, yeah. whoever, Podent, etc. But listen, listen, I'm just. Jack Bevan sitting here on a sofa, you know, I'm not Nuno, I'm not a manager, that's just my opinion, but I would just like us moving forward, if we want to get to where we we need to get to, I believe that Nuno has to utilise the squad more and have more adaptability in a plan B. It's interesting because they're his greatest strengths, his his stubbornness with his personnel and his belief in his system are probably what have taking him to where he is in management. So I can't see it. I maybe see a back four, you know, never say never, but I can't see him having this overhaul in philosophy. No, 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 I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying I want to yeah. change every week. I'm not, what I'm trying to say is when there's certain games when you, when something isn't clicking and things are right, i.e. Leicester first yeah. half, rather than sticking at it and go, you know, what, rather sticking at it when you can obviously it's not going to change it if yeah. anything it's going to get harder because Leicester are just going to sit back more they're going to absorb it more because they're good enough to do that have that adaptability have that plan B in place I'm not saying it's chop and change all the time but let's have a bit of flexibility yeah, yeah that's so all. That's yeah all. I, no I totally agree with that I do think Wolves need a bit of a plan B because their plan B has been or their plan A and B have been a little bit interchangeable over the last couple of years they've either gone 3-4-3 or 3-5-2 and if 3-4-3 yeah. doesn't work and they go three five two, and if three five two is not working, they go three yeah, five yeah, three, yeah, yeah. which is fine. You know, it works really, really well, and they are distinct systems. But yeah, are yeah. they distinct enough to cause a real shock in game? Absolutely. 
you know, depend depends on the team you're playing, depends on a lot of things, depends we, on personnel. We, but. we spoke about it in the last podcast. There's a fantastic article on Sky Sports News, which is probably about a month old now. Real long article on Sky Sports News about Nuno and the, rev- the evolution, how he's trying to move away from that counter-attacking, yeah. absorb, and then count- he's trying to move away. But I've seen nothing... Apart from that Palace first half, I've seen nothing to show me that that's what we're doing. I'm really hoping our best performance last year, Kieran, our best performance was the second half against Southampton. We were tunneled down at half-time and we won 3-2. And that second half against Southampton was just like something I've never seen before. We were unbelievable. Yeah. So I'm hoping that bodes well. But not that I want to be tunneled down at half-time, by the way. Um, but, you know, but like, I, I really hope that this two-week international break the guy that I love, Vitinha, the one that I've, that's the sign I was most excited about. He's played sublimely for Portugal in midweek. Man of the match, 94% pass accuracy, assists, key passes. I'd love to see him get a run in the side. I hope that, that moving forward, this two-week break has given Nuno food, food for thought and we can, yeah. see, uh, we can see that evolution taking place. That's what I hope, mate. Okay, so um, we are now going to move on to a feature um, that is one which looks to the future, but also looks to the past. So we are currently 10 weeks from the renewal of the Black Country Derby. 10 weeks. 10 weeks, yeah. So we've waited nine years. 2011, was it? 2012? Eight years. 2012, yeah. Yeah, we've waited eight years, uh, and now we're just 10 weeks from the next Black Country Derby. and with that in mind, considering the long wait, considering um, the anticipation that's going to go into that game, obviously there won't be fans there. That's looking impossible. More, more likely, stage, yeah. which, is a, which is a crying shame. Uh, maybe Absolutely. by May, maybe by the Hawthorns game. But anyway, we wanted to look back. And what we want to do is build a combined 11. We love our combined 11s. Build a combined 11 of the 21st century. Now, the way we're going to do this, because if we just class heads on it, I'm going to pick 11 Albion players. You know, this is the, the best 11 I can put together of, of the Albion 21st century. JB, you're going to do the same. Yep. So we're going to put our cases forward for a position each week. And we're going to put the poll on Twitter. You can follow us on Twitter at BCR Ramble. Obviously, that's Black... Uh, sorry, BC Ramble, Black Country Ramble. Um, and we are going to put a poll on every week and you, the listeners, are going to vote for who you think deserves to be in the team. Now, we are under no illusions. Wolves fans are going to vote for most of the Wolves players. Albion fans are going to vote for most of the Albion players. But do try and be as objective as you can. Listen to what we're yeah, saying. Yeah, definitely. Uh, use your own judgment. You know, if we've put forward, I don't know, Jeff Horsfield as a striker and you're an Albion fan and you're thinking, well, no, Raul Jimenez is... is definitely better than Jeff Horsfield was for Albion. Vote for Raul Jimenez, you know, when we get to the strikers. Anyway, um, vote however you like, but try and bear in mind that um, we don't want it to just be all Wolves or just Albion. So without further ado, we are going to start at the back, obviously, and we're going to start with goalkeepers. Now, I am going to begin because... um, I think there is only one man who can be put forward in an Albion uh, sense. So Ben Foster first arrived at Albion on loan from Blues at the time. Um, 
And it was a real change of pace for Albion because we'd struggled for a good goalkeeper for a long time. Um, We'd gone through the likes of Russell Holt. um, We'd had the likes of Thomas Cusack for a while, who was great. Um, And basically, we'd struggled to hold down a really good goalkeeper for a really long time. And Ben Foster walked through the door and it was like, whoa, this is no Scott Carson. Like, this guy is a goalkeeper. Fast forward 10 years and Ben Foster racked up 209 Premier League appearances for Albion. I am pretty sure that is more than most of the teams who've ever played in the Premier League. You know, there are dozens of teams who have never played that many Premier League games. Ben Foster played that many Premier League games for West Brom in goal. And it's you can't really rely on your stats as much with goalkeepers because a lot of it comes, you know, clean sheets, a lot of it's down to your back four, things like that. But Ben Foster just made worldy after worldy after worldy. And Albion fans will know what I'm talking about. We, You know, you used to watch Ben Foster and you used to think at any time, a save could win you the game. He, he was that good at keeping the ball out of the net. One one of his party tricks, which really upset away fans quite a lot, was um, <laughs> was he would love it. He just wasted so much time. He loved to waste yeah. time. First half, if we were one 0 up under Tony Pulis, he'd be having a drink. He'd be using his towel on the ball. You know, he'd, he'd miss the ball boy when he was when he was looking for the ball. Any way he could to waste time. And but it was things like that that really um, ingratiated him to the fans. Like he, he was such a popular figure. He didn't leave under the most um, ceremonious terms, shall we say. He, he didn't force a move, so to speak, but he wasn't going to play in the championship. He was still a goalkeeper in the prime of his career. Um, he should really have been in and around the England squad still at that time, uh, but he took early retirement because he was going and not being picked kind of thing. Um, and, of course, Ben Foster had some really good times with Albion. Ben Foster played in our team um, where we finished eighth in the Premier League, which was our best finish. He's got numerous top half finishes and he played at Molyneux when we won 5-1. So he is going to be a legend as all of that team will. Not legend, but you know, they'll, they'll be remembered fondly. And I nothing think, like living in the past. Nothing like living in the past, no. Um, well, it is a, it is a throwback <laughs> section, so yeah. Um, so that, that's my case for Ben Foster, and mm-hmm. you can say yeah, living good, in good. the past, whatever. Yeah, that's good, Charles. That's but good, guys. I have a feeling you're not going to be living in the past for your goalkeeper choice. No, no, absolutely not. Yeah, I mean, it's funny, actually, because recently on Twitter, there's been a lot of, within the Wolves Twitter world, shall I say, there's been a lot of... Um, uh, sort of uh, debates and conversations around around the Wolves' best eleven of recent times, post nineteen ninety, post two thousand, etc. And generally, actually, the most uh, from what I've seen, the most popular goalkeeper that I've seen within a lot of the Wolves is Matt Murray. Yeah, genuinely top top goalkeeper. I genuinely believe he would have been England's number one for many years if he hadn't have had the terrible luck luck with his injuries. Very very good goalkeeper, but. For me, I can't look any further um, than, than Rui Patricio. Um, as, as a Wolves fan, from my first Wolves game was 1994. Um, and we've, seen, we've had some decent keepers, to be fair. You know, Mickey Stahl was, was my first sort of goalkeeper at Wolves that I remember. Um, in the early 2000s, we had sort of Matt, Matt Murray, uh, Mike Cloak, he weren't a bad goalkeeper. Um, 
And then obviously we had the emergence of Wayne Hennessy, who came through. It was a good goalkeeper as well. Also, also played in that Molyneux game. He did, yeah, he did. I mean, he ended on sour terms <laughs> with Wayne Hennessy, which isn't surprising. Um, we had Mark. We had Mark. Mark famously, Hanneman. famously doesn't know what a Nazi salute is. Absolutely not. Yep. No, very confusing, poor boy. Yeah, that was. Um, yeah, that whole saga I mean, with the photo didn't reflect very, 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 well very, very, very bizarre. So we had Marcus Hanneman. Uh, we've had a success. He's a good goalkeeper. Yeah, very good. We had him on a three from Reading. He was a top, top keeper. Um, we, we've had a succession of poor goalkeepers. Yeah. Um, to, to enter this. But however, I digress. Rui Patricio, for me, is the best goalkeeper that I've seen in Wolves colours. And I believe we're damn, damn lucky to have him. So initially, he came to us from Sporting on a three. Um, purely because, I don't know if you guys remember anybody that's listening, which is tends to be quite a, 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 a thing in Europe where the ultras stormed the sporting training grounds, tried to attack all the players because they weren't having a particularly good season or they'd lost a game or something like that. As part of that, that meant that they, <coughs> sorry, excuse me, a lot of sporting players terminated their own contracts because of that. And a lot of the cases ended up in court. So initially we brought Patricia on a free from sporting because of that. It went to court. I think the tribunal's fee was set at 16.7 mil. Absolute snip. Um, the guy's phenomenal. Um, he has won us so many points over the last two years, two and a half years. It is impossible to explain. Probably the best shot I've ever seen in, in a Wolves shirt. Um, the only thing I could probably pick up, maybe his distribution, his kicking isn't always the best, but even that's improved. Yeah. Um, he's just so commanding. He uses class. He's a shot stopper. He commands his box. He's quick off his line. He's decent with his feet. He's just an all-rounder. I mean, I, I quickly... I mean, I quickly looked up a couple. couple I mean, his, his, his honours list is fantastic. So he's won the Portuguese FA Cup three times. He's won the Portuguese League Cup three times. He's won the Portuguese Premier League once. He's won the UEFA. Uh, sorry, he's won the. Um, uh, gosh, what am I, what, I've gone completely blank. What's it called? The Europa um, League. No, the national. What's what's it called? I've gone. I've gone. The Euros. He's won the Euros. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Once in 2016. He won the UEFA. Do you know what it is? It's because of all the new names for all the cups. I'm still living in the 1990s. <laughs> he, won, he, won, he won the Euros in 2016. He won the UEFA Nations League in 2018-19. Finished third in the, in the FIFA Confederations Cup in 2017. In terms of individual honours, I've, I've lost track. He's won, the, he's won the Portuguese Football over the year, I think, four times. He's what, he, was in the, he was the goalkeeper. Is the UEFA European Championship team of the tournament goalkeeper for 2016, Europa League goalkeeper scored of the season 2017-18. So he's won numerous accolades. He's a genuine world-class goalkeeper. But the stat that stood out for me was, as you know, Kieran, there's a lot of goalkeepers that come to the Premier League from foreign shores, and obviously they're very, very good goalkeepers. But there's a theme where a lot of goalkeepers struggle initially in the Premier League, whether it's the physicality, the pace of it, the difference. I'm not sure. But Rui Patricio has settled in immediately. He's literally become an absolute rock of the Wolverhampton Wanderers team. Now, this start, I mean, you're cleverer than me, so maybe if you can wiki-calculate that, you'll do this better than me. 83 appearances in the Premier League for Wolves. 24 clean sheets. Now, by my maths, that's a probably about 35%, approximately. I don't know. I'm a miles off. Uh, I'm 29. Not sure. Was it, he's kept 24 clean sheets in 83 games? Yes. 
Yeah, just under 30%, that is. I mean, that is a phenomenal record. 30% of your clean sheets in your first two seasons in the Premier League is unbelievable. And and again, another stat that I wish... Oh, here we go. Four penalties saved, 208 saves. He's just 24 clean sheets. He's made no errors. Um, He's unbelievable. No no yellow cards, no red cards. He's just been fantastic. And and I just... We're so lucky to have him. We really, really are. Um, and, and that's my case of Patricia because I just think I'd, I'll be surprised if we ever get a goalkeeper at Wolves as good as him again. I'll be yeah. very surprised. Yeah, I mean, Ruby Patricia is a great <laughs> goalkeeper. He has been around forever. Ruby yeah, Patricia yeah. has been around since like. Mm. But Portugal well, had a lot forever. of keepers. I mean, they had you know, yeah. Peter Bayer back in the day, and then it was who was that that guy who saved the penalty, who, who scored the penalty in two thousand six in the World Cup against um, England. He took the oh. penalty and scored, didn't they? Do you remember him? He looked a bit yeah. like Patricia, actually. I can't remember his name. Um, oh, I'm gonna have to. While I'm you're not talking, that. I'm not, yeah, while, I was while you're say, talking, while you're you talking, look that up. Look you look that yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. yeah so Patricia is he's great. You know, he's a he's a quality goalkeeper, um, and I think what we're getting at really with the Foster versus Patricio is one of them has played at the highest level and now he's at Wolves in his twilight years and he's, he's mustered. Ben Foster was there, was at Albion for the prime of his career, loyal servant, just consistent performer. And it's that trade off between, you know, he said 209 games for Albion or Patricio's had, uh, 84. Well, 84. 84 Premier League games. 80, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm talking not, not, Premier League as well, yeah. I mean, to, yeah, to be fair, I mean, if I added in all the Europa League appearances, it, it, we'd be well over 100, but yeah, 84 yeah. Premier League. And that's got to play a factor, you know. Albion haven't played European football in the 21st century. Uh, Wolves have, and it's down to people like Patricio. Absolutely, but, no, no doubt. But um, it's going to come down to how people vote anyway. So there will be a poll on the Twitter account, guys. We will share that around. If you would do us a favor and retweet that, we would be really, really grateful. Also, follow us. Um, we are just getting started with the Twitter account for the podcast, but it would be great if you could follow us. Um, so, yeah, you will decide, listeners. Ricardo, Kieran. Ricardo. Ricardo. Of course Ricardo, it was. Ricardo, yeah. yeah. I wouldn't was. have got that without Googling it. I wouldn't have got that. No, no, never. Definitely um, not. So, yeah, he did look like Patricio, didn't he, actually? Yeah, yeah. Seem I'm, like, looking, yeah. I'm looking at all the Portuguese keepers here. I mean, they've got Anthony yeah. Lopez, who plays for Olympic Leon, Rui Silva, they've got Beto, Jose Sar plays for they're, they're very blessed, actually, Portugal, in, um, in terms of goalkeepers. But, yeah, anyway, we digress. Yeah. Um, well, Portugal, just to continue with the digression, Portugal had, um, had you know, the likes of Figo and Rui Costa oh, yeah. when Ronaldo Only. came through. And they're still sort of basking in that sunlight of the golden generation. Mm-hmm. And fair, like, fair play. Like, when you have... Yeah, yeah. They, I mean, they are legends for Portugal. And it's a bit like we're getting the likes of Sancho, Foden, um, your, what? you know, Jack Grealish is. Grealish, These, these yeah, younger yeah. lads who have seen the Lampard, Gerard, Beckham, Rooney, Owen, and it's like, whoa, I want to do that. Uh, the yes, passing, but, of the, the passing of the baton as such. That, that's hopefully. exactly that, yeah. And wow. you see um, you see Portugal have got the same sort of thing and, yeah, just yeah, in a bit of a golden players. age for them as well. Most of them happen to reside in Wolverhampton now. <laughs> <laughs> who can resist Technol and, you know, and the <laughs> and The big Asda. Know. The big Asda, mate. Come on. Yeah. You know, um, major, major chipping and Bilston, mate. I tell you what, if that doesn't... Orange chips. Orange chips, mate. That gives you the contract. Trust me. Uh, um, so, 
uh, that was a digression. That was a big digression. It was, uh, yeah, But we've come back yeah. to the Black Country, and we yes. are going to finish with some previews of our upcoming games. Um, yep. I've gone first a couple of times in this podcast, so I'm going to revert back to our norm and let you go first, JB. Um, Wolves play on Monday night, which is nice for – well, not nice for you, but it's nice for me that Albion aren't playing on Monday night for once. We've yeah, been yeah, we've <laughs> for half past five on Monday night, the last three fixtures. Oh, no, that's a oh. shock, shocker, that is. Oh, wor- worst time to play. So, yeah. You've got, you've got Saints on Monday, yeah, um, and they're in good form. They are going they're very, form, very yeah. well. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. You know, sometimes beating a, a team the standard of Albion propels you up the table like it has here the Southampton. Uh, so, yeah, they're, they're sitting <laughs> That was their four. magic moment. That was their magic moment. <laughs> that was their catalyst, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, ever since, ever since their nine... Was it 9-0 last season? 9-0. Yeah, that, that kind of was yeah. their catalyst, wasn't it? Yeah, that, massive. That was rock why bottom. Wouldn't it, why wouldn't it be? Christ, I know, yeah. Jesus, fair, fair play to them for not sacking Ralph yeah. Hasenhutl because he's, he's come good. Yeah, so, he's come good. can I get um, your thoughts on that? What would you change from a Wolves perspective from the Leicester game to this game? I know you were very, very unhappy with the Leicester performance. Yeah, to be honest with you, personnel-wise, Kieran, probably not much. I think the only change I'd poten- potentially make would be... I'd like to see Moutinho back in. I think we miss his, we've missed his game management. Um, I, I would potentially look to bring him in. Um, I do sometimes think we miss Traore, to be honest with you. Um, a lot, a lot, you know, I know he's an option off the bench, but I, I like him when he starts. I think immediately, as soon as you've got Traore on that pitch, um, you've got that outlet straight away and you're, you're naturally on the front foot. Um, so potentially for me, I'd like to see Moutinho and Traore uh, brought in. You've caught me on the half because I'm, I'm not quite sure yeah, who yeah, I'd yeah. probably... Who I'd probably swap them for because Neves was probably one of the only players any credit against Leicester. Then Donk has been very important for us in recent mm-hmm. games. Um, I probably would bring I'll probably bring Moutinho in instead of Den Donk if I if I had to if you, if you if I had to if you had to if I had to uh, pin my flag to the mass right now. Yeah, um, probably it, be Neves though if he does swap because that's he, he absolutely yeah. will because Moutinho Neves a of like for like. Um, and I've got to say, Den Dunkar's been good. So, difficult yeah. one for me. But I would like to try it coming from the start because naturally we just have that. We want, I've seen, like, we've seen like, we're on the front foot immediately. Difficult one is to drop out of Neto and Pedence because they're both yeah. key. Southampton are a good side. I think it will be a very, very good game. Um, I think it will be open. I actually believe Wolves will go and, and, and have, have a go. Um, I'm hoping they are. Um, because I think Southampton otherwise will just keep coming at it a bit of a relentless sort of wave of, of, of attack after attack. And our last few games against Southampton, last few seasons, have been very, very good games. I can't remember how we'd gone on at home against them last season. I think we drew one all. Um, and then, or oh, did we lose? I, I, do you know what? I don't know. Just Google that for me quickly, Kieran. Yeah, no worries. I, we, we, we beat them 3 2 at their place because we were 2 0 down at half time and second half was outstanding. We won 3 2 and we were amazing. Um, all three amazing, brilliant team goals. But at home, I've got either one all in my head or we lost one or two nil. I'll tell you in just a sec. Um, it was one all. Yeah, Raúl Jiménez yeah. and Danny Ings got the goals. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. So I'm expecting a, an open game. I'm expecting it to be a, a, a good game for the neutral, easy on the eye. Um, I'm going to go for two two. Two two. Okay. Two I... two. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if it was a draw. Wouldn't be surprised if it was nice to watch. Wouldn't 
be surprised if it was good for neutral. Uh, but I don't know if I can see Southampton scoring twice against Wolves without Danny Ings, because uh, obviously Danny Ings is, is injured. Of course. Yeah, yes, no telling shout, how long yeah. it's going to be as well at the moment. I don't mm. think they've put a date on that. So no. I might go for a repeat of um, the Molyneux fixture last season and go one all. Um, oh, I, yeah. I think... Southampton might nick a goal. Wolves might nick a goal. Could be nil-nil. Could be two-two. Um, yep. Either side could win it. It's going to be a really good game, I think. Um, probably will be a good game for the neutral. Um, yeah, so I'm going to go with one all. Okay. Yep. Sorted. Um, Yourself. So we are playing at Manchester United. Yeah. Um, which, yeah, which is a daunting fixture usually. Mm. Uh, but as every Albion fan listening will know. We are a little bit of a bogey team for them. I'm not saying we win every game because we don't win every game. Of course, we play them. yeah. Um, but our recent form against United um, has been a lot better than than it was in in um, years gone by. So uh-huh. in our last seven against United, we've won three and drawn one, which you know it, it's pretty even. Like they've got the same record, but they should be winning five or yeah, six yeah, or seven out of sure. seven against us. You know, we had a great, great day when Amalfitano scored the winner at Old Trafford. Got to remember, Amalfitano, yeah. Yeah, Come what, on, what a player. Yeah. What a player. Yeah. Um, we won the season we went down and we gave the title to City. We won at the Hawthorns a couple of years before that, I think 2016, something like that. Um, we had the 5-5 with Sir Alex Ferguson's oh. last game. You know, it just throws up strange results when we play Man United is that to say we'll get a result no I don't know if we will but it could happen I'm going to predict that we will actually pick something up and this I'm gonna say this will be our catalyst and we need a catalyst now because our we've got Sheffield United to play next and that is massive ahead, ahead of yeah massive game absolutely vital for our season um and then we've got a really, really tricky December. Um, we In December, we play... Um, oh, so before December... Oh, sorry, start of December. Um, after Sheffield United, we play Palace and then we play Newcastle. So it really okay. is sort of... Yeah, it, I hope yeah. we get this catalyst at United and then go on to those games. But then we play City, we play Liverpool, we play Leeds, we play Villa, we play Arsenal, we play yeah, West Ham. Very, and we, very similar to the Wolves. December, yeah, Wolves then, December is very tricky. Yeah, and then we play Wolves in mid-Jan. Like, yeah. all that, that takes us through to there. So they are just... There's no easy games. Um, so, yeah, yeah. yeah, I think I think we might turn in another good performance and I think we will... I'm going to go one all again. Now, I'm not expecting you to get on that bandwagon and predict us to pick anything no. up at Old Trafford, but they've not, won, they've not won at Old Trafford this season, you know. Stranger things no, have happened. Uh, stranger things have happened, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can see that. I can see you getting some... I can, I, 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 that would not surprise me if you were to get something. I think United are a funny side... I, I, you know, I think they don't stand out really. They've got good players, of course, yeah, but yeah. The, 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 I think I think United are beatable most weeks. Yeah, nothing, they, they counter the, very well, but we're not going to be going forward. No, no, they're, they're not as, as they would like. Yeah, they're, they're not the kind of when you when you when you look at the fixtures, you see Liverpool, you see Chelsea, you see Man City, even in essence Spurs yeah. with Mourinho yeah. and yeah. what they're doing now. You, I just don't see United in that category. So I think United. Oh, sorry, I've got a pretty something in my throat. Um, don't say that. <laughs> um, I think United are there for the taking. 
Yeah. However, well. <laughs> I'm going to go. I'm going. I'm going to go two-one United. But I'm going. I'm going to go. I'm going to go that United. Sorry, Albion are going to take the lead one-nil. Oh, another heartbreaker. I, I, I am. I'm, I'm going to call it, and then. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to previewing the Sheffield United game next week. I, I think we can, I think we can really, really get our teeth into that. Massive. Um, we week. did have a yeah. question uh, last week from um, one of our followers on Twitter, uh, Tom Essex, who is a friend of the pod, friend of um, both of ours. Uh, he asked, when are West Brom going to win a game? Now, Tom is a massive Wolves fan. I won't use the D word. You know, I, I promised myself I wouldn't. You know, on the podcast, but Tom, (laughs) Tom is on the wind up. Tom knows what he's doing, and unfortunately, I don't have an answer, Tom, (laughs) because who knows? It could be. Well, well, so, so, I'm going to jump in here, mate, because I don't really listen to the first podcast, pal. Um, And we touched on um, I sent Kieran a message. When was it? Was it which game was it during? Which game was it during? Brighton. Brighton. Brighton, Yeah, Brighton. Yeah. I messaged Kieran saying. Save this message or whatever. Come on, I had a few beers. You're not winning a game. Of, you are not winning a game this side of 2021. Yeah. Um, and because uh, I literally got my phone out and went through the fixtures and thought, no, the only game that I gave Albion any wiggle room was the Fulham game. Um, oh, I thought you were going to say the Wolves game. No. Well, that, no, <laughs> no that, to be fair, that is that is next year. That is next year. Yeah. So SOI said, and I have to stand by my word. I said. They won't win this side of the year, and, I, and I've got to stand by that until, until it bites yeah. me on the arse. I yeah. don't know about Kieran. I, you, you keep, you I, keep think, I think we will win one of our next four. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. If yeah. we don't, if we don't, it's Sayonara. It is. Yeah, it's, it's curtains. big, big. That those those Palace Newcastle games after Sheffield. Yeah. I mean, Sheffield United's huge. Like I said, we'll oh, get our teeth into that next week. Yeah. But beyond that, even if you beat Sheffield United. Uh, I mean, to be fair, who knows? You, you, we, we could be having this conversation a week after next, and you could have beat United and Sheffield United. Who knows? Um, but what I'm trying to say is the European is, is campaign is on the European But But in terms of you, 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 the, exactly the point that I was making at the beginning of the podcast, what I made on episode one, the Palace games, the Newcastle games, yeah. those kind of games are the games that. That, that you will be looking at going, we've got to get something out of these. Absolutely. We have got to get something. But again, we'll touch on that as we get closer, closer to the time, mate. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just to check in on our season-long wager, how many goals does Pedro Neto have this season? Is it one or two? <sighs> you know what? I'll look that up. Do you know what? I think, Carlin I think Grant has I think, one. I think it's one, mate. Yeah. He's definitely got what he's... Uh, Pedro Neto... Uh, I, I think might have scored that goal before we placed the bet as well, but I'll let you off. Like I, I, I placed the bet knowing I think he'd scored one already. But anyway, we will uh, uh, we will update as and when Pedro Neto and Carlin Grant do score goals. Hang on, why have I, why have I got, yeah. No, no, no. Why have I got 20? Oh, do you know what? That was in the... Um, so I've, I've just clicked, clicked on his name. It says four goals. Oh, no, that is career at Wolves. Yeah, I'm sure it's only one. I'm sure it's only one this year, mate. I'm sure yeah. it's only one. Um, we, yeah, we haven't forgotten about this bet, guys. But no, no. you know they've only got one goal each so far. But we, but when it's Carlin not exactly Grant, an yeah. exciting bet at the moment, is not it? yet, not yet. But it could go down to the wire. So when Carlin yeah. Grant or Pedro Neto uh, start to bang the goals in, we will be revisiting yeah. this bet. Absolutely. Um, okay, guys. Um, that is a very long podcast, nearly a full hour. If you've made it this long in the podcast, thank you for listening. Um, we would really appreciate um, any feedback, um, whether that's sent to us or whether that's on um, 
wherever you get your podcasts, leaving a review. Um, if you would leave us a rating, that would be fantastic. Um, and give us a follow on Twitter. So again, that's BCR. Um, it's actually BCR pod on Twitter. I think I said it wrong earlier, but that's, you know, I'm sure people yeah. work it out when mm-hmm. they use BCR. So BCR pod on Twitter. Um, JB, Absolutely. anything to add? No, mate, just, um, I'm, I'm glad to be back. It's it felt like a long yeah. couple of weeks. Um, yeah. I'm not, as people, as they listen more and more to this podcast, they will gather that I am not a big fan of international breaks. Um, I, re- I really struggle with them, to be honest well, with you. I hope we're still um, doing it by the next international break, because so we'll have about I, 20 so, episodes so, by then. So, so do We've got I. got a long time off from internationals. I, I, think, I think I sent a, a, a Twitter post or a Facebook post, I think it was 129 days or something Brilliant. like that until the next one. But um, no, I'm glad, to be, I'm glad to be back, mate. It's good, good to catch up. Um, big week, big weekend of football. Um, yeah. And like I said, hopefully we'll touch base next week, record the next one. Because I, I think next week is going to be a tasty episode. I think we've, there'll be some, I think there'll be a lot to talk about after this weekend's batch of yeah. fixtures. And I think, like I said, looking forward, Wolves have got Arsenal, which is going to be a big, big game. Lots to preview. Yourself have got Albi. Yeah, so be a, looking forward to the next sort of seven to 10 days, buddy. Brilliant. Thank you, JB. And thanks no. for listening, guys. Um, we will, we won't see you next time, but you might hear us next time. Cheers, guys. Take it easy. See you later.